Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a rating or a review. You can also support the podcast through Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Bairdo. That's B-A-I-R-D-O. Now, today we take it for granted that our distance is in kilometers, weights are in kilograms, and volume is in liters. There was a time, though, half a century ago, when Canada followed the United States and its measurements. That was until the country began to transition towards the metric system, creating a unique system today in our country where we seem to use both systems for different things. We say a town is so many kilometers away, but we talk about our height in feet and inches, not centimeters and meters. We give our weight in pounds, not kilograms, but we talk about liters, not gallons. Today on the podcast, I'm looking at the transition and its long-lasting impact on Canada. Leading up to 1970, Canada used the imperial measurement system, which was labelled as Canadian units of measurement. With this system, gasoline was sold by the gallon, but a Canadian gallon was not the same as an American gallon. For Canada, a gallon was 4.55 litres, but an American gallon was 3.79 litres. Under this, the issue of cross-border transactions was difficult, because it was not always known if the values quoted in gallons were referring to the US values or the Canadian values. Now, interestingly enough, the metric system was first legalized in Canada by Prime Minister John A. Macdonald in 1871, but the use of yards, pounds, and gallons continued despite this. The imperial system has been used since nearly Roman times, but throughout the 20th century, various countries began to ditch the system in favor of the simpler metric system. In the 1960s, many English-speaking countries began to shift to the metric system, and today, the metric system is used by the vast majority of the countries in the world. For new arrivals to Canada, learning to go from metric to imperial was not always easy. In the local history book of I Hill, one resident relates, When I arrived here, I left the metric system behind. I found it practical to follow a recipe using measuring cups and spoons. Although for my German recipes, I needed a scale. I was pleased to measure my waist in inches rather than centimeters, but I found the Fahrenheit system difficult to comprehend. Measuring temperature in centigrade seemed so much more logical than having water freeze at zero degrees and boil at 100 degrees. At least the use of dollars and cents made sense to me. For those immigrants from metric countries, the return of the system would be welcomed. In Cadillac, Saskatchewan, in the history of Leon May, it was stated, 
Mr. Mayhew, having learned his trade in Belgium, knew only metric measurements. Needless to say, he would be very happy to see the metric system in use today, as he is never quite at ease using the imperial system. In 1970, the Liberal government under Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau decided that it was time to begin moving Canada into the metric direction. With the introduction of Bill C-163, things could begin. The first step was the creation of the Metric Commission. The agency was established in 1971 to facilitate the conversion throughout the decade. The commission had been created with the release of the White Paper, the White Paper on Metric Conversion, which was published in January of 1971 and it recommended a shift to the metric system since most countries were doing the same. Although the paper incorrectly stated that the United States would likely do a shift as well, but to date that has not happened, and it's not likely to. The paper cited many benefits for switching to the metric system, including export trade and industry standardization. A news report from 1970 outlined some of the worries over this coming conversion. Just a week or so ago, a white paper was tabled in Parliament, which didn't get a great deal of attention around here at the time, but all the difference it's going to make. At last, we are moving toward the metric system, and all of us are going to have to stop thinking yards, pounds, and quarts, and start thinking meters, kilos, and liters. It won't happen tomorrow, but almost the day after. 1975 is the date being talked about, the same target date the U.S. fixed on in 1965, and the reasons why we should get together on this thing and all turn the same page of history simultaneously are pretty obvious. At that, only Commonwealth countries and the United States still use the ludicrously cumbersome and arbitrary system of inches, feet, ounces, and pounds, not to mention rods and gills. Cumbersome it is, but the big endearing thing about it is that we all know it and operate more or less successfully with it, and once it is whisked away, the transition period is probably going to be tough. For instance, what are you going to do with all those measuring cups and spoons, not to mention that row of trusty cookbooks that have served so well since you were a bride? And how about the woman who knows without even thinking about it that a two-and-five-eighths-yard remnant of 36-inch material will be just enough to make up into a sleeveless shift. She will have some homework to do, probably some frustration to live through, and certainly some new equipment to buy. As for the Metric Commission, it organized over 100 sector committees, with members from many national associations, industries, and more attending. Each sector committee was itself responsible for preparing their conversion plan and the monitoring of its implementation. The transition began quickly, and in 1972, the provinces agreed to make all road signs metric by 1977. In addition, metric product labeling was introduced by the mid-1970s. The new law required all prepackaged food to declare their volume and mass in metric units by 1976. A series of metric conversion events were planned to help get people accustomed to the change. Schools also began to teach the metric system, and informational films were shown throughout the country. Temperature values changed in 1975 when Fahrenheit was ditched in favor of Celsius. By September of 1975, rainfall was measured for the first time in millimeters and snowfall in centimeters. In April of 1976, all wind speed, visibility, and barometric pressure was labeled in metric units. On Labor Day weekend of 1977, every single speed limit in the country was changed from miles to kilometers. At the same time, it was legislated that every new car sold in Canada had to have a speedometer that showed speed in kilometers per hour and distance in kilometers. Over the last few months of 1977, the distant markers of all signs was changed to kilometers as well. 
and gasoline pumps would take longer to change from gallons to liters, but that process would be completed by 1979. Now if this all seems pretty painless, well, it wasn't. In fact, there was a great deal of opposition to the move to convert Canada to the metric system. In 1979, the metrification of gasoline and diesel sales resulted in 37 progressive conservative MPs opening a Freedom to Measure gas station in Carleton Place, Ontario, which sold gas in both litres and gallons. In Peterborough, Ontario, there was a great deal of opposition to the metric system even though the community was one of the three testing centres for the metric system by the government, with the other two being Sherbrooke and Kamloops. The MP for Peterborough, Bill Daub, was extremely critical of the metric system and several government employees lost their jobs for refusing to abide by the metric system. One individual, Neil Fraser, worked for Revenue Canada and publicly opposed the metric system to the point that he was dismissed for conduct unacceptable for a public servant. For a time, the gas station run by MPs was very big news and profitable. This is Jeanette Maffey. The conservative station is on a stretch of highway between Ottawa and Carleton Place, about a half hour's drive from Parliament Hill. And it's hard to miss. It's a bright orange and blue building with freedom to measure in big letters across the front. There are two pumping stations with meters that measure gas by the liter or the gallon. But that's not all. This operation has been expanding. 56 cents, please. There's a grocery store that opened in May. The signs out front advertise bologna at 99 cents a pound. And there's a fruit stand where you can buy Macintosh apples for 55 cents a pound. But the Conservatives would rather be in court than selling bologna and apples. They want metric to be voluntary, and they had hoped to challenge the legality of the government's compulsory system. Some newspapers were also opposed to the change, including the Toronto Sun, which organized a petition with the names of tens of thousands of Canadians who opposed the metric system. In the Rolling Hills Review, it was stated about the metric system, In Canada, the government has attempted to force conversion without public debate in Parliament, with the result that there has been a great deal of public resistance, particularly in Western Canada. Despite the resistance, the Liberals stood firm, even under backlash in Parliament as Trudeau did in this response. say is the case as it applies to all of Canada. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaker, I perhaps can't comment on fanatics, but I do know that the dinosaurs are those who refuse to see that the metric system is worldwide in its scope and that Canada has to, has to live in the world if, if, it, wants, for it. if it wants to trade with the world. I also know that that party, the All Members Party, voted in support of the metric system. Yeah, here. And I know I that the metric, yes. the metric system was first brought in by uh, Tory Prime Minister John A. Macdonald. So much for the dinosaurs, Madam Speaker. So far as the judgment is concerned, I understand it just came out uh, that uh, on, until, yes, it's just a judgment until, until all appeals have been exhausted or until a decision has been made not to go into appeal. In Herbert, Saskatchewan, J. Abel sued the Metric Commission for infringing on his legal right to have the federal government and agencies communicate with him in both official languages. He was also asking for the reinstatement of the English imperial system of measures as an integral part of the English language. Also in Saskatchewan, 
The Stock Growers Association asked for the complete abolishment of the metric system in 1977. The irony of the settlers having to shift from metric to imperial when they arrived, and their children having to shift back, was not lost on people. In the history of Ravenscraig, Marguerite Bedou said, I remember my mother having to get accustomed to the English measure, as she was used to the metric system. Today, I, her daughter, am wrestling with the metric system. Opposition came from everywhere, including premiers, who linked the metric system with socialism, as the premier of Nova Scotia did at the time. We tell you that there are highway signs going up all over this province in the next number of weeks, denoting the number of miles and not the metric system imposed by Mr. Trudeau. Even with the changes to the metric system, the conversion was not universal, and under the Progressive Conservative Government of 1984, the Metric Commission was abolished in 1985. Training on the metric system was not universal either. This would result in the Gimli Glider, a situation where an Air Canada flight ran out of fuel mid-flight on July 23, 1983, and was forced to land in Gimli, Manitoba. Today Canadians use Celsius with the weather, buy gasoline in liters, observe speed limits in kilometers per hour, along with distances in kilometers, but use feet and inches in height, pounds in weight, and a mix for cooking measurements. And I'll end this episode today with a poem, written by Gene Kinch for the history of Frog Lake, Saskatchewan. The powers that be tell us, a metric system must be used, but cooks who learned some years ago will never be enthused. Old folks find grams and meters to be a fearful drag. The young will take it in stride, as they did the change of the flag. Information for this piece comes from Wikipedia, Canadian Encyclopedia, Rolling Hills Review, Prairie Views from I Hill, Prairie Heritage, Bittersweet Years, Range Riders and Sodbusters, and the Land of Red and White. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Canadian History X, and if you did, please again, a rating and review. You can reach me at crwbaird at gmail.com, and you can find hundreds of articles on Canada's history on my website at CanadaX, that's ehx.blogspot.ca.